You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Interstate Batteries has been a proud supporter of the Sportsman's Nation since day one. They offer just about every battery under the sun, from car and truck batteries to batteries for your trail cameras and rangefinders. Select retail locations even offer cell phone repair and cracked screen repair. Find a local retail location at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Uh, before we get started, we're going to do uh, some real quick commercials. Uh, Lone Wolf Portable Tree Stands, and that's lonewolfhuntingproducts.com. Uh, tons of great products. You're right. I've been using the four sticks and an assault hang on for like. 13 years now and if not longer it is my go-to run and gun set absolutely love the the product love that it's made in america love that it's quiet to tear down and set up and uh, allow you to just be mobile so if you want to find out more information about lone wolf portable tree stands visit lonewolfhuntingproducts.com next we have the average conservationist apparel and that is theaverageconservationist.com. And I'll, I'll tell you this, man. When a company right out of the gate, before they even sell any products, says to themselves, you know what? I'm going to give 10% of all of my profits to some form of conservation effort. That's a, that's a company that not only talks the talk, but walks the walk. And that is exactly what uh, the average conservationist does after, uh, you know, after they make their money, before they, you know, take any deductions, they give 10% of their profit to uh, a local or a national or a state-wide uh, conservation effort, period, right? Now, on top of that, they have some kick-ass apparel, right? They have, they have t-shirts, hats, hoodies, one of my favorite uh, t-shirts that I've been wearing a lot lately, a lot lately is the Euro tee. Um, I love the compass hoodie and the general hat. Those are my, that's like my go-to date night, I guess you want to say, uh, date night outfit. But then they also have some other hats and t-shirts and sweatshirts that you guys should take a look at. Really cool logos, really awesome lifestyle and apparel brand. Um, so check out theaverageconservationist.com. Three, two, one. All right. On today's Hunting Gear Podcast BS session, I'm joined by Andy McLaughlin. Andy, how we doing, man? I'm good, Dan. How are you? I'm doing great, man. Are you excited for this upcoming season? I'm getting pretty pumped up. 
Yeah. What do you got on the books for this year? Uh, white tails at home in Indiana. Um, I got to get the freezer filled up. That's, that's main priority. I want to get some does put down real quick and, um, got a few bucks I'm looking for this year and I'm going to try and get, uh, get my kids out quite a bit this year. They went a little bit last year, but I'm going to try and get them out a little bit more this year. Gotcha. Get some time with them. Got gotcha. How old are your kids? Um, I've got, uh, one that's seven and one that's 10. Okay. So right. they're just a hair older than the kids I got. Yeah, they're getting to where they can sit still a little bit longer than the little kids. Yeah. So. Yeah. My, uh, and they're showing some more interest. Yeah, that's good. Uh, my daughter's eight. My son is six. So um, I'm hoping that in the next couple of years they can go out and sit without bouncing around. Of course, I don't have too many blind setups, right? Most of my most of my setups are are tree stand. I, I think if I want to involve my kids mm-hmm. more, I'm going to have to definitely get some kind of blinds set up, you know, yeah, packed into a fence row I, or something, and, and and figure it out. That that's what I've got. I've got a little a little corner fence row corner, and I've got a a blind set in there, and. Uh, pretty much have taken everything out that i need to keep everybody happy and uh then it's not too far of a walk right you know with the kids right right okay so you reached out to me and um you know like a lot of people reach out and they're like hey man i want to do this western hunting thing i'm going to start doing some more of this western hunting but the thing about it is i don't want to have to drop a whole bunch of cash on all of the the Western hunting gear, and I think that's a, this is a really good topic because fr- from experience I know that you can spend a ton of money, you can go out and have a have a fun Western hunt. Depending, you know, maybe you're at twelve thousand feet chasing elk or mule deer, or maybe you're just going west to hunt some muleys in uh, in the plain states, and uh, there are you know, obviously a ton of, there's a tons of different gear out there, but like you mentioned in your Instagram, uh, message to me is that you don't feel like a guy needs to spend too much money in order to get the gear necessary for one of those, uh, those bigger hunts. So why don't you go ahead and explain your thought process on, on what, you know, what you were talking about in this message you sent to me? Yeah, so, like, okay, I'm just a, I'm an Indiana guy that, you know, I do whitetails and small game, you know, so I've got hunting gear that works for around here, and I am like to go and do western hunts, but you just got to kind of pick and choose the gear that you buy, because, okay, um, if you're going to go out and you're going to be doing truck camping you you don't need the ultra light you know two pound sleeping bag or quilt and a tarp and you know and a little msr reactor and you know you can take a grill with you and and a, a real tent and a real sleeping bag and you know truck camp 
Right. Basically, you know? Yep. Because all that gear adds up so quickly, you know? Right. And and a lot of, and okay, and, and by the time you buy the latest and greatest gear out there today, you know, I'm I'm only going on a western hunt probably every three years. Well, what's that gear gonna be like in three years? It's not gonna be the latest and greatest anymore by then. Yeah. You know? Yeah. With the technology today. Yeah. Well, you bring up some really good points there. And that's one thing that I have been talking a lot about in a couple YouTube videos that I've done on the Sportsman's Nation YouTube channel about uh, specifically clothing, right? Uh, like yeah. layering and base layers and things like that. And I do, I do feel that there are a couple products that uh, play more of a more of an important role in how comfortable you are than others do. Yeah. So, and, and I get where you're going, uh, where, you know, you're a whitetail guy, you hunt in a, in a tree stand. And sometimes the clothing, um, I think what a lot of this has to do is there are, there are the marketing out there says that you need to have different gear for whitetail hunting and different gear for, uh, Western hunting. But I can tell you from experience right. that that might not be the case right? Uh, you could probably get away with both, right? Or buy a product that you can use both places. So, um, how long ago was your, your first Western hunt? Um, I went antelope hunting in Wyoming. Uh, it's been about four or five years ago. Okay. All right. So um, was that a, was that a trip that you hunted out of your truck for like camped around your truck? Yeah. 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 Yep. So when you knew that you were going to go out there and, you know, camp out of your truck, uh, did you already have most of the gear that you needed or did you feel that, Hey, um, on one of these early, you know, this August, September, uh, or was it a, was it a rifle hunt or a bow hunt? It was in September. Okay. September. So that, that was a rifle. Yep, that was a rifle hunt. Okay, in so September. a rifle hunt in September, um, and I've been out west a handful, you know, a handful of times on in September, and you know the the temperatures and everything could fluctuate. So, did you feel that on that rifle hunt, knowing that you were going to camp out of your truck, did you feel like you had all of the gear necessary uh, to get the job done, or did you have to go and buy any type of gear uh, to prepare for that hunt? Um, I had, I had things that I took with me, um, that I already owned. Um, but when I came home, I changed some gear out. Okay. All right. Definitely changed some gear out when I came home. Okay. So you went out there, you experienced that hunt. Um, you said to yourself, oh man. Uh, what I currently had did not work for me. Now, you said right. you, you said you changed some gear out. Before we talk about the gear specifically, why did you feel that you needed to change some of your gear out? I mean, did it just straight up not work and it made you like really uncomfortable? Uh, straight up didn't work. 
Okay. Um, quick, quick learning curve. Gotcha. Uh, things that that might do all right in a whitetail situation, you know, a couple hours at a time in the evening, you know, a couple all-day sits. Just, you know, just wasn't, wasn't cutting it out there. Okay. So what products were those now specifically that didn't make the, the cut and that just performed really poorly for you? First, first and foremost was my rangefinder. Okay. And why not? I, I got up there and my rangefinder didn't work. I, it did, just not past, you know, anything past a couple hundred yards was, it didn't show up. Okay. So you had a, you had a, a range finder that would have performed perfectly in the whitetail woods, right? At the, you know, the, the 30 yards and in, but once you got out to a, uh, uh, a place like Wyoming where you're hunting uh, in a space that is completely wide open for antelope, yep. your, your range finder yep. wasn't necessarily built for that. Right. Okay. Right. Right. So what was the, what was the issue? Did you think I'm mean, just, it didn't go like the laser wasn't powerful enough to, to range at that distance or was, were you ranging animals that were past the recommended range of that specific range finder? I just think it was having trouble picking up anything reflective. Okay. I mean, there was, you know, cause it's just, you know, prairie. Yeah. And I just don't think it had enough, uh, ass to really pick up anything. Even at real close range out there, it didn't seem to function properly. I gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense, man. All right, so so then once you ended up getting, uh, you know, getting that range finder. All right, well, before we get into that, then any other products other than your range finder that didn't perform out there that you had to upgrade before your next trip? A uh, frame pack. A frame pack. Okay. All right, to carry yeah. to carry something, you know, like uh, the meat out when you get out there. Yep. Yep, I had, uh, it was kind of a, it was, it was a, like a pack board with, uh, like a sling, like a meat shelf sling on it. And that's, that's what I had. And it, it just, I had put weight, I, I put weight on it and did some hikes with it, um, around home. Um, you know, went to the, to the hills and, and hiked with some weight in it and did all right. But once I got out there and, and I had to pack, pack an antelope out a couple of miles, it was, uh, it just didn't cut it. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, what, what was wrong with that pack? Was it cutting into your hips or your shoulders yep, or was it not? It did exactly the, what it did. Okay. So it Pull just, I gotcha. All right. Did it hold the meat? Like it was supposed to hold the meat? So did it did it hold the meat like it was supposed to hold the meat and keep everything secure? Uh, or was it just the issue with like the hips and the shoulder straps? 
it was pretty much just the hip belt and the way everything uh, it, it just didn't didn't work out around the hip belt. Gotcha. So let me ask you this then, right? Obviously, a rangefinder is something very important. But did did that pack suck so much that you couldn't just tough it out, right? Um, the the whole point of this conversation is to talk about you know. Uh, you know, getting away with something at a cheaper level than having to spend a whole bunch of money for a Western hunt that you're only going to go, go out uh, for, you know, go out to once every three years or, or whatever, or trying to do it cheaper. You know what I mean? So did that, did that pack just suck so much that you're just like, dude, if I want to do this and be comfortable, I gotta, I gotta upgrade. Well, that pack, okay, on that trip, I had one heavy pack out, and that was it. Yeah. You know, so if, if I had to load up a heavy pack and carry it every day for an extended trip, um, something where I'm, you know, going farther in, I, I just seen that as an investment. Yeah. Into future hunts because that's that's gonna last me the rest of you know, the rest of my life. Yes. Yeah, kind of a buy once, cry once type scenario. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I get I get that. I get that. So uh out of curiosity, uh when you upgraded to your new pack, what did you get? I got a Mystery Ranch Cellway sixty. Okay. So that they only made it for a couple of years. Um, it's uh, right in between the Pentler and the Metcalf. Okay. So everybody knows the Metcalf, you know, it's kind of a, a weekend or three to five day pack. And the, the Pentler is kind of the, you know, a, a one to two night pack. Right. So this is a, it's 60 liters. So gotcha. It's right in the, you know, middle ground. Yeah, for and sure. And I use it a lot for even just whitetail hunting. You know, I've packed out some whitetails in that thing too, so. Okay. So. It works well. How much did you spend on that? Well, I got it on sale. I mean, to be honest with you, I buy a lot of my stuff from Camo Fire because it's a pretty good deal sometimes. Um, I think it was about three I don't know, three hundred three fifty, somewhere in there, three fifty, three eighty. Okay. And how many years have you had it now? Uh since nineteen. Okay, so so this you're going on your what is this, your your third it'll be my third hunting season third, on it. Okay, good. And how has it performed well for you? Yeah, it's it's nice. I like it. Okay, good. A lot. So definitely, so would you say that that 300 and whatever dollars you spent, we'll just round up to four. Let's just say it was four. Uh, did you, yeah. do you feel like that was, uh, that $400 was worth the, uh, the, uh, cost as far as the functionality yeah. is concerned? Yeah. And I, I use that thing for all kinds of, like I use it, uh, when I go hunting, you know, we got some, uh, 
some public land that's down in the hills and and i'll take it down there and and i'll use it when i go turkey hunting too because i you know with that frame pack on i can kind of sit back against it and uh you know when i'm sitting down on the ground hunting for turkeys yeah and then then you can throw the whole turkey in the uh in the backpack or on the meat shelf or whatever it's got plenty of room for extra clothes and stuff i love it yeah absolutely okay so um so then you uh okay so we, we did a range finder we have a pack uh so you ha- you got new how much did that range finder cost out of curiosity uh it was uh about 300 okay so so now so far we're, now was this a purchase were those two purchases um in the same year Um, yeah, that might've got that range finder in the end of 18, maybe. Okay. So roughly in, in a, let's just say it's a one year to 18 month time frame. So far you've spent somewhere between, you know, let's just say seven to $800 in upgrading gear based off of this one hunt that you, that you went on, uh, before you mm-hmm. went back out to another hunt. Outside of the range right. finder in the pack, how how much uh, other equipment was there? Any other equipment that you decided you needed to upgrade on before your next western hunt? No, okay. not really. Okay, um, I did I did buy a couple of things preceding this last trip I went on. Okay, but that was just uh, all right. So. What kind of boots? Um, I, I want to talk about an important because uh, one thing for me, you know, is is boots, right? Boots are, okay. in my opinion, one of the most important products that or pieces, mm-hmm. articles of clothing or gear for any hunt that I've ever done, mm-hmm. and uh, whether it's sitting in a whitetail tree stand all day long or whether I'm hiking all day long out west. What are um, what boots did you run out west, and do you use those boots in the whitetail woods? All right, so and and this is where I'm going to sound like a real cheap ass. Okay. Like I I work in a in a shop every day, and I wear boots to work. I wear boots twenty four seven. Okay. I I take them off to go to bed, and I put them on when I get up in the morning. So. I'm a boot person, you know? Right. Um, I don't wear shoes very often. I don't really care for them. But, uh, so, before I went out there, I was looking at some some Danners. The, uh, I was looking at something pretty kind of lightweight, um, you know, being that it was, you know, more of an arid area. Yep. Um. And I, my feet get hot real easily, so I wanted something to breathe. Okay. And I got to shopping around, and I bought a pair of Danner Jackal GTXs, and they're like a kind of a suede. They're older. I don't think they make them like this anymore but they're like an older style and i bought them off ebay and cheap like 80 bucks 
And I bought them, and I put miles on them before I went out there. Okay. Broke them in good? Yeah, I put miles on miles on them. And broke them in good and went out there, hunted, you know, for a week. And they performed perfect. You know, they're lightweight. My feet don't sweat in them. I love them. Yeah. Okay. So you I, you shopped, you, you know, Danner's a, a relatively good brand. Um, they yeah. are, I guess they would say, the, they are the backpacking version of lacrosse. I think that both those companies, lacrosse and Danner, are, like, owned by the same company, right? So Yeah. So Danner makes some some decent hiking uh, boots, and you it sounds like you found a good deal on on those boots by going to eBay and not buying either direct or from a big box store. Mm-hmm. Now, do you, you do you also use those same boots in the whitetail woods? I have been ever since I wore them out there. I've been wearing them deer hunting. Um, I well. Uh, take that back. I only wore them the last two hunting seasons. I, I had a pair of muck boots, and I've always had, like, the tall rubber boots. Right. And I just, I'm over it. I'm over the, the tall rubber boots. Me too, man. I agree 100%. I'm over it. So, I'm, I, start, I, I got my muck boots out and wore them. And I was like, what am I doing? My feet are always wet from sweating so much on the inside. And they're clunky and there's no sneaking, you know. Right. So I started wearing those danners when I go to the tree stand. Yeah. And I I love it. Yeah. So what do you do? Do you just change the sock when you head to the tree stand and wear uh, a thicker sock as it gets colder out or, or do you change your boots yeah. once you're in the, in the tree stand with, let's say if it gets cold out? Well, I can run those boots, um, pretty late in the year just by adjusting my socks. Okay. Um, but once it gets cold, cold, like late season, you know, when it's real cold, um, I've got a pair, a, a pair of Rocky Path boots. I'll be honest with you, Dan. I've had them for probably twenty years. Yeah. You know they get worn like a dozen times every year. You know. Yep. They're not going to wear out. Right. Yeah, that's the same thing. I uh, same scenario I have with a pair of uh, Lacrosse Alpha Burley Pros, where uh, mm-hmm. I I wear them very. Very, not very often at all. Like if it is right. a, um, it's really cold out. I'll, I'll wear them to scoop, scoop my driveway. I'll wear them in a, like if I know I have to cross a crick to get to a tree stand or if I have yeah. to, uh, or if it's raining out or something like that. And then that's when I typically wear them. If I know my feet are going to get wet, but if I know they're not, I'm sticking to my, my hiking boots. This I, I wear the same boots. This is going on four years. And I wear them all the time going on. Yeah. I think it's four, four. Yeah. I'm going on four potential year. Yeah. Four years with my crispy Thors. And I've been yeah. on two elk hunts with them. I've been on, uh, 
three mule deer hunts or four mule deer hunts with them. And in the, in, in that same amount of time, I'm also wearing them in the whitetail woods. So, awesome. so that's another example, just like what you're doing there is using, uh, uh, your boots for whitetails and Western. Your sounds like you're using your pack for whitetails yeah. and Western. Your rangefinder is for whitetails and Western hunts. Um, when now, I'm sure a guy could go out and he could he could just drop bank and, and try to have the oh. most comfortable the the most I guess you and I say this in quotations because a lot of this has to do with marketing have the most western mm-hmm. gear that you know that money could buy so when it com- when it comes to cuz I know you've been on a variety of different uh you've been on a bear hunt you've been on an antelope hunt and maybe some other hunts um out west as well what about your clothing uh, what type of clothing do you wear while you're out west? And do, is it the same type of clothing that you wear in the in the tree stand back in Indiana? Yeah, yeah. So the biggest thing that uh, I got the uh, the merino base layers. Um. I okay. Growing up, I always had those shitty cotton waffles (laughs) long john walmart yeah dude i I had the same ones yeah growing up that's what we always had those shitty you know the shitty long johns yep long johns yep and and they suck i don't even know why i kept putting them on because they just would get soaked and with sweat and then you're cold and they were heavy and shitty (laughs) you know Yep. Yep. So, so you upgraded to uh merino that you're wearing in both locations now? Or what? Yep. How long have um, you had those? What brand is it? I got the uh, Black Ovis. Okay. Off of Camo Fire. I love them. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only uh I mean that I wear that stuff all the time. Okay. So so you're pulling that your merino base layers out uh for both those both of your hunts now here's here's my thought process i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of throw my two cents in here once is and i and i want to hear your thoughts because in my opinion sure base layers are the most important you know beside your boots and socks base layers are the most important uh piece of your layering system uh or or garments because of the uh moisture wicking ability and the ability to uh you know regulate body temperature whether it's to uh, keep you cool in in the heat or whether it's to keep you warm in the cold and so therefore i put a lot of emphasis on merino wool or even uh, polyester synthetics depending on you know activity level and uh um, temperature outside and then I let I let the base layers do all the work, and then I slack. Yep. Like I even wear some. Uh, it's a company called Arborwear, and they make these. It's almost like a Carhartt pants, basically heavy denim yep. pants for a lot of my hunts. And those are those what, are what kind of what brand are those? Yeah, they're called Arborwear. Uh, they're basically like okay. they're basically like Carhartts or uh, you know Dicky type 
style pants, right? Where they're heavy denim, um, basically for like a working man would wear them to to go to work in or do construction in. So I, I wear a lot of that type of clothing on the, uh, on the outside as my outside, because I know that my base layer is going to be doing a lot of my, a lot of the work. So when it comes to, uh, like your layering system, how do you, how do you judge what is the most important? Like if you want to, if you want to even break it down more, we could go base layer, we go insulation layer, and then we could go outer layer. Like talk to us about your setup and, and how you judge what you need in what scenario or what you use in what scenario. Yeah. So I've got like a really lightweight pair of pants. They're like a six pocket style pant, like a BDU style. And they're super lightweight. Yeah. Like really like you could wear it on a day out like today where it's, you know, pushing 80, you know, you'll be hot, but you won't be, you know, right. You'd be looking for some shade. <laughs> right. But, uh, once it starts getting cool enough where you're thinking base layers, um, I've got, uh, like a, a lightweight base layer shirt. And then I have a heavyweight base layer shirt. So, I'll start off with the the lightweight shirt and then as the temperature goes down, I'll add the heavyweight shirt over top of that. So you're, it's almost like a two base layers designed for two base layers. Okay. I gotcha. So depending on the, the, the temperature outside. So my, my heavyweight is like a, Next size up so it fits over the top of that. And then I'll probably, you know, I'll just run those those two shirts. And then um, depending on, you know, what I need, if I need a hoodie or I've got a, uh, uh, like a, a Cabela's uh, wind shear vest. Okay. You know, it's like a, a windproof vest and it's just a Cabela's brand. Yeah. So I can run that windproof vest and I'm So good. that's like a that's your insulation layer. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Pretty much. And you're and you use that that system both in the whitetail woods and out west? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know, and I think you know, we're getting to the point here where we both have realized that you don't need to have I mean, don't get me wrong, man. I I've fallen victim to going out and buying both whitetail related gear and Western related gear and having two different systems. But dude, the more I hunt, the more I use this system that I've created for myself for both scenarios, basically based off of temperature. Mostly some of it has to do, some of it has to do with, um, wind, like wind as well. If it's really windy out and it's cold, then I might put on a, a windproof layer. But if, you know, if it's windy and it's warm outside, I can get away with, 
using both, you know, I don't know, both. Uh, yeah. And I, and I don't know about, have you ever been out West when it's been extremely cold? Not when it was extremely cold. Yeah. Okay. Um, when we went, we went bear hunting this year, uh, we had some pretty shitty weather and it got, uh, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like December, you know, it was May. <laughs> yeah. It, it got cold and it snowed and it was windy and it was shitty, but it wasn't like wintertime shitty. Yeah. Yeah. So with that said, then, um, you, did you have a, a rain jacket that you, or a rain pants that you wore? So I've got a, um, a set of their Cabela's, uh, foremost dry pants so like they're just foremost and then they're like dry plus or whatever okay and they're pretty nice pants i think they were only i don't know they were less than 100 bucks but they're a inch like fleece lined they're pretty nice okay and uh and you, and you again you use those both places yeah. 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 So when you're looking for uh, gear, right, you're obviously looking for uh, gear that you can buy in or that you can use in in both places. Um, and I know this is, you know, everybody talks about, I even use this sometimes, I, I use the word cheap. But I, I was, yeah. I had, as, as I start to use that, I've, I've also been reminded, reminded that cheap does not necessarily mean affordable cheap means cheap to me right cheap uh right. doesn't mean that you know like I, I may make more or less money than somebody else and because of that the, what is affordable changes so when you are looking at right. a, when you are looking at a budget is how do you determine what price you will pay for a specific item like a $350 backpack or a $300 range finder or an $80 set of base base layers. Like how, how do you go about making that decision on the budget that you have either? Maybe you have a budget set aside for hunting gear and equipment every year, or maybe you don't, but how do you make that decision? Uh -huh. <laughs> that's, that's a tough question to answer um i figured base layers i mean you're you're you want to make sure that you know it's like building a house you know you're building a foundation yeah and well you, the foundation's got to be right before the rest of the house is right right i mean you're building right. on that right so do you so like I, do you that, but but how do you like let's just talk straight dollars man i mean is a hundred dollar pair of pants too expensive for you or do you save up no. like how, how do you how do you determine what you know what is an accurate amount to spend on said product um i look at what's available okay like overall Everything that's out there, what's available. And so I'm going to take the top tier items, you know, brands, whatever. I'm going to 
I'm going to, okay, say I'm going to pick out that pair of Sitka Timberline pants. And I know that it's $300 for that pair of pants. And I'm going to pick out those, every, every highlight that those pants have. Everything that they've got to offer. And then I'm going to find a, another item by another company that has those same highlights for less money. Okay. And that's how you start your research. That's, that's how I start my research by looking at the highest end shit there is. Yeah. That makes, and, yeah, that's and great. Taking notes on what they've got to offer. Okay. And trying to figure out why that stuff costs so much money. Yeah. Yeah. And is it worth it? Yeah. And is it for me? Because it might not even be a product that, you know, all those highlights might not even be for me. Okay. So as you, you know, as you go through that research project and a process and you find, you know, you take, you take the highlights of all the, the Sitka of the world and you, you start looking for it. Um, like still, still there's got to be like a, a, a cash flow check, right? You have to say if it's $200, right? Are you buying it then? It's, it does the same thing. It's just a hundred dollars cheaper. Or are you looking for, you know, like obviously uh, in my, here, I'll, I'll say this in my opinion, uh, price usually does reflect quality, but not necessarily functionality. Um, so you might be able right. to get away with spending less money on something that works uh, the, exactly the same, but you may not get the the life out of it that you would on something you spent $300 for. But at the same time, you could buy an off-brand or go to Amazon or, or eBay even and find those, uh, you know, find that pieces of equipment through research that are much more affordable and do the have the exact same functionality um, and life as the you know as the top tier type products so yeah. yeah so when you when you when you do that when you're when you're doing your research there's still got to be uh, a conversation about cost right I mean uh, right you know so like how how do you make that determination I mean obviously you're not going to spend you know, you don't want to spend three hundred dollars on a sick on a pair of Sitka pants, but right. if you can't find all the categories that are met from that uh, from those pair of pants, like so, let's just say hypothetically, are you then buying the the top tier stuff, or have you always been able to find uh, a, mo a more affordable version of whatever it is you're looking for? Uh, at that point, I'll wait for a good deal. Okay. On that top end shit. Okay. So like, okay, the, I bought that uh, rangefinder. Okay, I bought a Vortex Ranger eighteen hundred. Okay. For three hundred dollars. Okay. Um, I believe list price on that's like three eighty nine. Okay. Um. So you waited for a, a deal. Friend of mine. Yeah, I, I gotcha. waited for a deal. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So that I figured out the one I wanted, and then I waited for a deal. 
Okay. So, with that said, then, are was there any products that I don't know that you that you used in the whitetail woods that you you know it's fine that you're you you know you you use it in the whitetail wood it works great, but you go out west and it may not work a hundred percent in the west but you you tough it out and you sacrifice because you, you know it does just good enough um okay my headlamps okay everybody where everybody's got a headlamp right right so what kind of headlamps do you use dan uh okay so <laughs> i don't even know the name of it but for the last five years, I used a Energizer. Like it was literally an Energizer branded uh, headlamp that I bought at a, a store at a Walmart, I believe, that came with some yep. bat- came with some batteries. Right? It was fairly bright. Yep. I could use I can use it in the, um, you know, I could I could I used it out west did all right i yep. used it uh in the tree stand and it came with like the red uh light as well yep. you could dim it a little bit but then this year i so that thing so that energizer one broke and it wouldn't stay shut so this year yep. i upgraded to like a 65 dollar black diamond headlamp right one that's supposed yep. to be m- way more durable and it uh has a whole bunch of different settings you can dim any setting you can it can have red light you can have green light uh, whatever you want it's it's pretty badass and i think it's gonna it's gonna work it's gonna work better obviously at that price you would expect yep. it to but at the same time i don't know if i necessarily needed it yeah right so exactly Exactly. I'm I'm using the Energizer headlamps from Menards. Yep. You know, comes with the batteries. That that's exactly where I was going with that. Um, I'm I'm using those exact same Energizer headlamps, and they work perfect. You know, around here, you get a deer. Uh, you know, you get it get it taken care of. You pack it out. Whatever. You walk them back and forth to the tree stand. It all works. Out west, okay, if you're counting ounces, you're going to want a Petzl or a Black Diamond or something trick for three times the money. Yeah. Right? And, you know, it's going to weigh a lot less. The batteries are going to last a lot longer. It's going to just be a lot better. I mean, it's just going to be a lot better overall out there for when you're on a backpacking trip. You can use it every day for 10 days in a row and it'll be just fine. Yep. But, uh, you know, I don't need that expensive lamp for here and, and one trip every couple of years out West. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's an, also an example of paying, you know, paying extra money. It's not like you're paying extra. You're just getting way more functionality and, it's a brighter camera or a brighter, uh, a brighter headlamp and, and things like that. You know what yeah. I mean? So, uh, again, price reflecting quality in, in that scenario. Um, yep. it, do you, have you had any recent, 
um, as far as whether it's been a whitetail purchase or a gear purchase that you were hoping worked in um, both both uh, scenarios that you had any type of buyer's remorse from? Um, not really. I don't think. Um, I I don't think so. Yeah. Okay. I don't, I don't buy all the trinkets and shit, you know? So pretty much what I have is what I've, you know, yeah. You know, I'm I'm still using a an old. I've still got an old bow, and you know, I'm not buying a new one every year. And so, so. your bow is uh like you you mentioned this before we started recording that you have what a, a 2012 PSE. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's like the the ready to shoot package. Okay. For like five hundred dollars. And you bought that? New. Did you buy that brand new? In 2012, yeah. yeah. Okay, so it's it's almost a 10 year old bow for for you. Yeah. Um, now you gotta, and that's that's. I'm gonna bring this up because you mentioned something in before we started recording, where you went to a you went on a bear hunt, and you got to the bear hunt at this camp, and everybody started opening up their their bow hunting equipment right and their their gear and they had all this real fancy brand new tricked out equipment on their as far as their bow and arrow setup they had they were head to toe in all the high-end uh camo and boots and gear and you opened up your stuff you had a a 10 year old bow you know however you know eight year old nine year old bow you had some of the the clothing and boots that we talked about in you know in this episode already so but you had a weird thought there for a second feeling like you were outclassed yeah explain that i mean i mean just like you said dan it's you know you i've got a I mean, I should be proud of what I've got. I've worked hard for it, right? I'm 40 years old. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Uh, and it's just the kind of the society that we live in where you, everybody's got to keep up with everybody else. Yeah. So you, you felt you felt outclassed, but here's the kicker. You killed on that trip. You killed a bear on that yeah. trip, right? Right. So yeah, none of that mattered at the end of the day, right? And that this is a this is the reason I brought this up is because this is a perfect message to people who think that they need to look a certain way or have a certain amount of gear um, to go into the woods and harvest an animal or to kill an animal. It's all bullshit. It's all yeah. bullshit. None of it matters. Brand does not matter. Only thing that yeah. matters is what you are comfortable with. And I know that on the nine finger Chronicles on the hunting gear podcast here, I do commercials. That's how I make my money. I sell advertising and I rep specific brands, but at the same time, the people do not need to have whatever X brand is or however brand new equipment every single year. You are a perfect example of that, right? 
So right. it, it just blows my mind how, I don't know, it's almost like people get tricked through marketing to think that they need all this stuff to be cool. When at the same time, when I, when I look at my wall and I, I'm looking at my deer that are on the wall, I'm looking at all the shed antlers that are hanging in my office uh, from all the miles and miles and miles that I've walked. I'm not thinking about one product at all, period. I'm thinking about right. the experience and the memory, not about what camo pattern I was wearing at that time. Right? Uh, right. I don't know. It, uh, people definitely overvalue brand, right? Overvalue brand over functionality and what makes a person comfortable. And you can definitely be com comfortable in stuff that it doesn't cost a thousand dollars. You know what I mean? So yeah. I don't know. I'm kind of ranting at this point, but I, I think everybody yeah, kind of no. gets my drift. Yeah. So like, you know, when I was in that camp, you know, we we're all buddies, you know, it's right. like no big deal, but you know, just when they got their stuff out, and, you know, got their bows out, they've got more, you know, in accessories hanging on their bow than my whole whole package cost right 10 years ago you know and it's like man what am i doing with this old piece of shit out here yep and it's like i i kill with it you know i i'm i kill with it every year and it it does good for me i mean i've had to put some strings on it and i buy buy arrows and stuff every year you know gotta buy new arrows couple of the time you buy arrows and broadheads and nocturnals and whatever and it's like there you're in it for 150 bucks or 200 bucks or whatever yes you know just every year maintenance yes yep i feel you, know? you man i feel you and and uh what's the deal with these broadheads costing over a hundred dollars for three packs I don't even look I mean, at those. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I, don't, I guess I haven't. Uh, I guess I haven't seen that any any of those. I, I guess maybe I black it out every time I see a number, yeah, uh, a number over what I think it uh, a product should cost or not. So it yeah, is what it is, man. Yeah. It's and it, again, it all comes back to what you're comfortable with. Um, some products do perform better than others at a higher cost. Some do not. Uh, and you know, some people want to look good and maybe, maybe, maybe looking good in the tree stand brings them confidence and that's the confidence that they need to be a better hunter. Maybe, I don't know. Uh, sometimes mm. I go to the woods looking like a hobo and, uh, <laughs> and I still get the job done. So, uh, take that, you know, take that too. So, uh, but I tell you what, Andy, man, I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to hop on and BS with me about gear and all that stuff. So, uh. Uh, thanks for hopping on, chatting with me today, and good luck in the woods this year, man. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate that. And, and uh, good luck on your, your trips out west and everything. I know you're getting pumped up for that. So. Yeah.